What is up with you, Brody? Season two of Bench Mob Podcast. How you living, man? I'm doing good. Just trying to stay safe out here, you know. I feel you. I feel you on that. I feel you on that, man. Um, out here, still praying, hoping things will change. You know, uh, things will get better. Just blessed to be above ground. You feel me? Um, we're seeing a little bit of change. You know, we've seen some laws made. We're seeing um, some police actually getting fired and prosecuted and things of that nature. We see even some change in the uh, NFL. Roger Goodell came out, apologized, um, said he stood with the Black Lives Matter. Drew Brees made some comments that he had to apologize for, he apologized for, and actually tweeted to Trump. What What's your thoughts on... Uh, state of the NFL right now? Um, I mean, I thought it was interesting that Goodell uh, actually acknowledged that he should have listened to the players when they were talking about this before. I mean, it's four years too late, but at least he's acknowledging it and trying to make some change instead of just kind of sweeping it under the rug. My thing is just this would have been like non-existent if what happened a couple weeks ago with George Floyd didn't happen and we didn't have protests and people speaking up. They would have just gone on, got ready for the season, wouldn't have had any action for racial injustice. So I kind of, it's kind of bittersweet. I think also he should have mentioned Kaepernick at some point by name. Like, I, I know that he won a lawsuit against them. So it kind of makes it a little tough to acknowledge him in that way, but he's the one who brought this to the forefront and it's, <laughs> he has to be recognized somehow. Yeah, nah, that, within watching that whole thing, um, I'm looking like, yeah, y'all need to say his name. Like, I, I get the lawsuit was one and everything like that, but y'all gotta apologize to Cap because y'all didn't stand with Cap the same approach, the same mindset wasn't the same. Um, even Drew Brees had to retract his statements to say, you know, that Cap was dis disrespecting the flag. This, this this long in, and you still don't know the reason for the protest and whatnot, but got to give him credit, you know, he, whoever hit him up, whoever talked to him, educated him, and he apologized and started it seems like he's starting to make some change. It is just a little worrisome. Him, even the quarterback from the Bills, the uh, text he sent, like, yeah. you didn't think it was going to be put on social media. That's how you talk on the regular, um, the Bills quarterback. So that was a little concerning to me and was upset with the person that tweeted it. Kudos to them. Everybody now is getting exposed. <laughs> They think they they comfortable to, you know, come out and say how they feel, but people getting exposed for their racism. Um, it's not right. It's a humanity issue, you feel me? So it's like, if you have this approach, that says a lot about you as a person. And Drew Brees, I feel like when he came out with those comments, it like rubbed me the wrong way. Cause he just, it's just, Showed me that he doesn't he doesn't get it. Like that's what I took out of it. He doesn't he doesn't get it. He's still bringing up the flag and kneeling and disrespecting the people who served our country. Even though I have grandparents who served in the army and didn't come back to a hero's welcome. So he can he can talk about his grandparents all he wants, but you're like looking at it from your perspective. Look at it from an African-American's perspective where things are going to be a little different, especially back then. So I don't want, I don't want you to bring up something that hits home to you when that might not necessarily hit home for any of us. Mm -hmm. But then, I mean, it, it, it kind of looks like he's getting it when he wrote that statement to Trump. So hopefully, uh, a couple people were in his ear, like Michael Thomas, talking to him, showing him that, like, look, it's not about the flag. We're trying to raise awareness that there's injustice in this 
country against people whose skin tone is a little darker than yours. So try to try to help us out, raise awareness and use your platform to to get some some things changed in this world. Yeah, I think that's where it starts. Um, we've been talking for years, the uh, black community. We've been speaking up the protest, the social media posts, everything. I think it was dope what the NFL players did that they did on their own, the post that they did. I think that was dope. Um, but I think where the, the real change can start to happen when you see people that are not of our ethnicity speaking up, um, the white athletes, the even the Hispanic athlete, anybody that's not black speaking up on these issues, it now becomes not a black issue, but an issue for human humans, like as a human race. Um, so I think we're making some, some progress, some steps towards that. We're going to get into the rest of our show, um, talking about the NFC East, the NFC West. We're going to be talking about the NBA returning. The NBA is back, baby. It's back one more month. We'll have some sanity back. We're going to talk about rankings 15 through 11. But starting off in the NFC East, you got the Cowboys, Giants, Redskins, Eagles. How you got the NFC East panning out? You already you are, you know where I'm going, my. Yeah, I know. I mean, I think that the Eagles, they've got that playoff pedigree and they got the best quarterback in the division. So – that should give them a leg up on the Cowboys in a sense that there's a little more pressure on the Cowboys to get it done this year than, let's say, the Eagles. So I got, I'm going to go with the Eagles winning it this year, winning the division at like 10 and 6, 9 and 7. I just think that having that better quarterback who last year he showed us he can get it done with little to no weapons around him. So. <laughs> Let's see what he can do this year with, with some guys coming back. And then I got the Cowboys finishing second, 9-7, and 8-8. This, this is a make-or-break year for Dak, I think. So he's really got to step up. Hopefully he can, he can make that next leap and prove me wrong that they can win the division. But for, for now, I got Cowboys finishing second. Then I got the Giants third. I'm not I'm not too big on the Giants this year. They're, I don't know, their quarterback, he's he's all right. He, he fumbles a little too much for for my taste. So <laughs> I got them at like five and eleven, six and ten. They did improve a little bit, but that defense is still shoddy at best. And then the Redskins. I don't know. They they're gonna have Haskins as the quarterback. I still feel like he's He's not ready mm -hmm. yet. I still think that he needs a little bit of time, but we'll see. Hopefully he proves me wrong and they finish third in the NFC East and not last, but I don't know. For now, I'm going to have them finishing at the bottom again. Yeah, I, the Redskins, they definitely going to be at the bottom how I view it, even though they got Ron Rivera as the new coach now. I think that helps them start going into the right direction. I still think they'll be – in the top top five, top ten picks of the draft next year. Um, I got my Cowboys winning the division. C.D. Lamb, huge pickup. Mike McCarthy, we got a new regime now. New regime here running it. Uh, Alden Smith, we got coming, reinstated. Um, so I think we're not going to be something special. I'm not going to be one of those Cowboys fans. We're not winning the Super Bowl this year. None of that's happened. I'm not one of those Cowboys fans. Anybody that's watching, I will not say we're winning the Super every year. It's a huge year for Dak. Um, I still personally, uh, I think we got some concerns in the secondary, especially losing Byron Jones. But I still say we we, we uh, win the division 10-6. Uh, I got the Eagles next. Um, I say they're going to be 9-7. Like you mentioned, Carson Wentz. Still was able to get things done with less weapons. You got Alshon Jeffries and Deshaun Jackson. They coming back. That's a that's a arguably a top receiving core right there. Those two, Deshaun going long, Alshon. They did lose Malcolm Jenkins, so I think they got a little couple question marks here and there. I honestly think this is probably one of the worst divisions 
in the NFL this year coming up, it's going to be one of the worst divisions. The Giants, new head coach. Um, but it's still, to me, I don't know. You can ask Giants fans. I don't think they did enough to sure up that offensive line. You got Saquon, who's literally um, Hall of Fame running back. I'll say it now. He's going to be a Hall of Fame running back. Easy. Y'all didn't sure up the offensive line. Y'all didn't get any extra weapons. Um, Giants fans, anybody that's up here, do if somebody could – y'all okay with Sterling Shepard as your starting receiver and uh, Evan Ingram at tight end? Respectable, but I don't think they did enough. Um, I got the Giants and the Redskins both being at the bottom of the division. Giants 6-10, and 10, Redskins 4-12. and 12. That's how I see how the division panning out. NFC West, Rams, 49ers, Cardinals, Seahawks. How you got the, those teams panning out right there? I got it the same way it finished last year. I got the, uh, the 49ers finishing first. They're, it's basically the same team that went to the Super Bowl. and was like seven minutes from a championship. So I still think that that's tough to beat. They got a, a great defense, clearly. And hopefully Jimmy G takes another step. Um, they surrounded him with a few more weapons. So I think. Yeah. Travis Benjamin at wide receiver. They drafted a, a kid out of Arizona State who, who's really good. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, I got the Seahawks second. I just think that with Russell Wilson, they're always going to be in the hunt. They might finish like a game behind the 49ers just because Russell Wilson's that good. Like if not for Mahomes, he would be the best quarterback in the league, in my opinion. So <laughs> they that's, might not, that's not, I don't know if that's a hot take or not. I don't think that, I don't think that's a hot take. Yeah, he's he's good, but I don't know. They just ha they don't have too many weapons on offense. Um, then I got the Rams third. I think their charm has worn off a little bit. They made the Super Bowl a couple years ago, and it's just downhill. People figured it out. Todd Gurley's gone. Brandon Cook is gone. Brandon is gone. Still got golf, who's not that good to me, in my opinion, but they paid him, so they got to keep him. Uh, so I think they're going to finish like eight and eight, seven and nine. And then I got the Cardinals. I just still, I don't, I don't think that they have enough. Like they got DeAndre Hopkins from the Texans, but they still have Larry Fitzgerald. I don't know. Kyler Murray, another, another year in the NFL, he still has to face the 49ers, Seahawks, and Rams twice a year. So that's like that's like five losses right there off the bat. So I don't know. I just They're going to finish last, in my opinion. It could be a swap. They could finish third because the Rams could take a, a drop off. Yeah, I got, I got them finishing third this year because I think with the addition of Hopkins and Fitzgerald, I think – Kyler Murray should be able to take that leap. He should be able to um, – I'm not saying he won't be elite top five quarterback, but I think in regards to just even getting yards and touchdowns, those two and that system with Kyler Murray being able to be mobile, and I think Cardinals end up being that third, third seed um, in their division. Um, the Rams is finishing last. It was a lot of confusing things that happened with them in this offseason. And – they didn't add any help for Aaron Donald. Like Aaron Donald, we know is elite, but there's nobody else there on that front line that's going to be able to make the production to help out Aaron Donald. If I'm a team, I'm double teaming, triple teaming Aaron Donald and take my chances with everybody else trying to make, <laughs> make any changes. You feel me? Uh, 49ers, they stack, man. 49ers are stack. They, they a scary team. 49ers is definitely one in this division again. I see them around like 11 and 5. They got the same roster, basically. They brought everybody back, and they added a couple pieces on offense to help out Jimmy G. Um, and Seahawks, 
Russell Wilson is becoming one of those quarterbacks, those players where you're like, I don't want to bet against Russell Wilson. Uh, it's just that simple. I think it's going to be huge, huge. They got to get Jadavian Conley back. They got to sign him back some way, somehow. Give him some money, donuts, something. Yeah, they need Jadavion Clowney back for sure. They got some additions on the offensive line too, which helps out Russell Wilson. Um, one of the things they asking in the group chat right now: Do we believe? Do you believe in Jimmy G that much, though? No, I mean, he all he had to do is just game manage in the Super Bowl. I mean, like. It was tough for him. So I just don't think that he's an elite quarterback. He's good. He's a good quarterback. But I feel like with this 49ers team, they could go a lot further if they had a lot better quarterback because I'm not going to trust a guy who I have to hand it off, basically, to the running backs. And that's basically what this team is built on, the running game. A couple times in the playoffs, he threw it like 10 times. That's yeah. clearly showing that we believe in our formula. Running is how we win and not letting Jimmy G lose us the game. That's it. But they then, going, yeah, going against Mahomes last year, who's the best quarterback in the NFL, he just couldn't couldn't come back from that. So I just don't – I don't believe in him that much, but I do believe that Regardless of him, this team's good enough to make a run again still. That's what I said. I'm watching the Super Bowl last year, and I'm like, yo, it seems like they're becoming passive. They're not still being aggressive. And the reason why I think they couldn't be aggressive, shout out to Joe, um, the reason why they couldn't be aggressive is, like, he's not that type of quarterback. Like, I don't know if you remember at the beginning of Russell Wilson's career, they tried to make, us, make him a game manager. Russell Wilson is no longer a game manager. Um with Jimmy G, that's the thing. If I need – if we are in a position where we need to pass and I need you to go win me the game, what they stopping the run, my running back got injured, whatever the case may be, I don't trust that Jimmy G can actually win you the game. He can manage. And in a situation where you're going against a lethal offense like Mahomes and the Chiefs, a 10-15, 20, 21 – 28-point lead is not enough. You have, If you up 28 with three minutes in the fourth quarter, then you could probably relax. But when you play against teams like that, you got to be able to finish out the game and keep attacking. So they could, they could gas it up and make it sound like, oh, we believe in Jimmy G. He's, he's the quarterback for us. But, I mean, you're only saying that because you guys paid him like $140 million. So he has to be the guy. You have no choice. He, the ship sinks with him. So that's that's pretty much it. Like, this is your guy. You, you're not going to go to a, a backup quarterback in this scenario. You're you not going to – you can't, no. Pay too much. Yeah. There's no way in the world. I think <laughs> this is a hot take. They don't need it. Um, but I would sign – Cam as a backup, just 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 in case Jimmy G doing. I trust Cam trying to win us the game more than Jimmy G, and I think in Carolina, you feel me? He didn't have as much help. Like when they went to that Super Bowl, he he didn't have as much help in his receiving core. A lot of people try to put it on Cam, but if you look at that game, it was about six seven drops. You give Cam some weapons, I'm going to go with Cam over Jimmy G. We have been doing our top 20 list. We have seen a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of pushback. Some people agree, don't agree. We've had our own debates before we even got on the show. We got 15 through 11 today. We're going to start off with, uh, yeah, this is a hot take. Right now... People have voted Klay Thompson as the 15th uh, top player in the NBA right now. He ain't played this year, but his last year that he played, 20, 21 points a game, two assists, three rebounds, one steal. Too high, too low. 
Just right. I'm going to go with just right. Because if he was playing and the Warriors were making this playoff run, people wouldn't be debating it. Like He's a top three shooting guard in this league right now. And if that's the case, then that puts him right in this 15 range. So that's it. He's 15. I like that. Yeah, I, uh, I definitely got to agree with him being at 15. A lot of people have been saying, oh, he's too high. He's too high. He didn't even play this year. There's some players that's on this list of some players that if they miss a year, KD, for example, which is further up on our list, he's still top five. Exactly. You, can't, you can't disregard him being top five. You feel me? Uh, for KD. Same thing with Clay. Clay is a top 20 player when healthy. When healthy, Clay is top 20 for sure. Um, even if the, he was playing this year, I still think he'd been top 20. Clay is one of those players that literally could have played, I think, in any era. Could shoot, could defend, tall, 6'7. That's how I see Clay. I think he's just right. You got at number 14, Nikola Jokic. 20 points a game, 10 boards, 7 assists. One still. Too high, too low, just right. I think on my list I had him higher, but uh, I think 14 is a good spot. He's he's gotten better every year. He's probably the best passing big man in the league right now. And he's not going to put up, like, crazy numbers like Embiid or – towns but he's consistent he does what he has to do to help his team win like if he has to score 30 points 10 rebounds in a game he'll do that if he has to drop like 15 assists in a game he could do that too he's versatile so and this Nuggets team is like a top four team in the west and if you take him off that team they're probably not even a playoff team so I <laughs> that's He's he's good in that spot for me. Yeah, Mike uh, said he's the second best center in the league. Um, I'll probably put him at 15. I'll drop him one spot. Um, a lot of what he does, like you mentioned, if you take him off the team, he isn't – the Nuggets team is probably not going to be in the playoffs. He has a lot of intangibles and stuff that he brings to the game that don't show up on the snap sheet. Um, I think – if Jokic got in better shape, he would be that much better. Um, we got in the group chat. Joseph, my man Joe, said that impact-wise, he's top 10. Hands down. Hands down, impact-wise. I had him top 10, too. Jokic is top 10 for sure. Um, so it's just – I'll drop him down a little bit to 15 just because me personally, I think – he's still only scratching the surface. Like, I think if he really were to, and this is outside looking at the same conversation we had with Zion, if he get in shape, I think that'll help take the Nuggets to that next level, maybe a top three, top two team. I still don't think they have enough to win um, a championship just because of how stacked the West is. Uh, but that's how I feel on Jokic. Number 13, I think, extremely way too low. Luka Doncic, 28. Oh, you? Only you think that he's that low? He shouldn't be that low? Nine rebounds, eight assists, one and a half steals. I guess I don't even need to ask. We both are saying he is too low at 13. Uh, what's your thoughts on uh, Luka? I think his impact is top five in the league, but he's top 10 NBA player right now already. And he's only 21. So imagine a couple years from now, he might be top four, top three in the league at this point. Like he's a six, eight uh, guard, basically. Like he, he can play point forward, whatever you need him to do. Like he's averaging like 38 and eight right now. Easy. Easy. He's not wowing you with Paul George or Kyrie, but his step back is 
his vision is lethal. So I think he's he should be four or five spots higher than he is on this list. Yeah, I got Luca top ten. Uh, they say in the live is just about right. I, I got him. I got him definitely top ten, easy. Um, the Mavericks. I think adding Kristaps was a good thing, but without Luca on that team, Kristaps, I don't think would be enough. We saw how that went around in New York. Um, <laughs> but I got Luca top 10 easy. I don't even need to really go further into explaining that. We, you said it all right there. In five years, Luca will be what? Uh, he'll be an MVP. I think I don't, I don't think that's a hot take either. Like, he could honestly make that leap by next year if he gets enough pieces around him in Dallas. Cause right now they just got like uh Porzingis. They got Tim Hardaway. They got some other guys too, but if he gets some other people, like some good shooters, a good defensive big man besides, Porzingis, he can definitely make that leap to MVP soon. In five years, I think Luka will be the face of the NBA. Five years. Uh, Braun probably retire probably in the next five years. Uh, it'll be left with Giannis, Luka, Those Jason Tatum maybe be up there, face of the league. Um, Pascal Siakam maybe face of the league. He'll be one of the top players. But just overall impact, um, being a global figure, touching the game, making their teammates better, I think Luka will be the face of the NBA in about five years. If you had to start a franchise, Luka, Zion, or Jason Tatum, who you going with to start your franchise? I'm going with Luca. I don't know if that's – it should be that hard to choose from those three. Like, he's the best one of those those three. And he's only 21, like I said before. He's, he's just able to drink now. And he's killing dudes out here. So, if I'm starting a franchise, I'm, I'm taking Luca. He's got that killer instinct. He's he's running his team the right way. So that's that's who I'm taking. I can't disagree with you on that. Um I think all of these would be some good picks. Uh out of I'll put Zion last out of those three, but just on my personal preference, I would choose uh Tatum. Just on my personal preference. I like Tatum's game. Luca, he's kind of like a LeBron. He's going to touch. The points, rebounds, assists, better score, I think. I think LeBron, if he wanted to, he could probably average 30 and give a night. But Luka right now is averaging the 28, 8, and 8 mm-hmm. at 21. It's, I can't argue with you picking Luka to start your franchise. Um, just off my preference, I would choose Jason Tatum. I like his game. I like the progression he's going in. Scorer. Plays defense. I just that's just my personal preference, but I can't really argue with you choosing Luca. <laughs> Nobody. If I had to rank them, I would go Luca, Zion, Tatum in that order, just because I think that Zion's impact is going to be bigger than just like scoring. Like defensively, he's going to be right there with the best of them. Like he's already there right now. Like he can guard one one through five even though he's only six six on a good day so that's that's my guy I, that's who I want to watch out for I think a couple episodes ago I said uh he's gonna be better than Tatum by next year and <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna stick by that I'm gonna stick by that hey kudos to you for sticking by it not retracting it I don't think he'll be better than Tatum next year I think he'll definitely be when we do this again next year, he'll be definitely in the top top twenty. 
he'll be in the top 20 for uh, the, the next list we do once this season is done. Um, by the way, what do you think about the format, how it's all set up? What do you think about the 22 teams, um, 13 in the West, 9 in the East? They're going to be there till October. What do you think about the setup that the NBA pulled out for uh, it to come back? I like it. I think it's interesting because what makes it different this year is the, the play-in for the, the bottom seeds, which mm-hmm. makes that a little more competitive and makes it a little more interesting to, to see how that shapes out at the bottom of each conference. So I like that part of it. Um, it's just going to be weird for those teams that didn't make it. It's going to be like a, a nine-month layoff where they're not playing competitively or doing besides like individual workouts and not doing much to, to get ready for next, next season as far as like getting meaningful games in. So that, that part is going to be a little weird. Um, but for the playoffs, I like it. I'm just glad that they finally came to an agreement on something and we have something set concrete. So, but the best part of it to begin it is the playing tournament. So that's what I want to see. I want to see which Western conference teams at the bottom, like if Zion can help his team jump into that eight spot, can, can Ja take Memphis over the hump? Like that's, what's pretty cool about it. We still have those, those rookies that mm-hmm. are leading their teams that can possibly make some impact in the, the playoffs this year. I think you mentioned, um, shout out to uh, Joe and Mike. Joe was saying, you know, it should have been that March Madness, winner go home uh, style right there. Uh, I got to agree with Mike on this one, too. Speaking of those young teams, like, for example, the Pelicans, they was going, they was kind of getting the chemistry, getting on a roll. I think this break is going to hurt them. I think it's going to hurt them. They'll drop out. I see Portland getting into the playoffs. I don't know if I would agree with Dame, depending on their positioning, that, you know, they could possibly beat any team as long as they get into the playoffs. I don't see them beating the Lakers. Lakers are winning everything in four. Um, I don't see Portland, if they had made that AC, I don't see them beating the Lakers. I think it'll be an interesting um, series. You can never count out Dame. My boy Melo, you can't – people sleeping on Melo. Melo is a huge factor, playoff pre, playoff pedigree. He's made it to the Western Conference Finals. I think that's what's going to be huge for this time right now, how they got it set up, because the teams that – the younger teams that was building chemistry and was on a roll, I think it's going to hurt them. Now, these veteran more teams, I think this is where you see a Portland – make the playoffs. I don't know who would drop out. I think New Orleans, they're not in it right now. They're not going to be the eighth seed. Maybe Memphis moves up, seventh seed drops out, but I definitely see Portland getting in there. I like it. I'm just happy ball is back. I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm just happy ball is back. Uh, it shows how bad the Eastern Conference is. 29 teams, yeah. <laughs> 22 teams, and you are left with <laughs> one extra team in the East. I think the Wizards get in. John Wall's back. If John Wall plays, him and Bradley Bill, easy. That's they have playoffs. They in the playoffs. Uh, I don't see them making any noise, but they'll be in the playoffs. And they keep the playoffs the uh, same way, you know, with the seven-game series. Um, I think it's going to be long, too, though. You there to October. That's a long – granted, they had time off, but just in one place till October, it's going to be interesting. Cause you're filling that mini bar <laughs> wherever they're staying in Disney. Yeah, it's going to be uh, – Joe said healthy Portland is top five, top 16. I agree. If they healthy Portland, and especially if they have uh, Nurkic, you know, Nurkic was out. Yusuf Nurkic, they center. I don't know if he'll be back and be able to play, but if you add him to the mix too, 
definitely top five, top six uh, team in the West. Um, I think it's going to be real interesting because you're not going to have to worry about, I don't think, load management in the playoffs this year. Y'all in one place. You, you ain't got, you can't, there's no traveling. Oh, we have, we got to hop on a plane. I think that's going to be real interesting in that regard. It's going, we all in one place. No hopping on a plane. You, it's no low, it can't be no load management. It, it, all this time off, it, it can't be. A, I don't want to, load management, nothing. You think Kawhi sits out one of these games? Just oh, for, for sure. <laughs> I think the, those last uh, couple uh, regular season games, Kawhi don't play like two of them. I could, uh, I could see that happening. Easy. We got number 12, Joel, the process in B. The people have voted him number 12 at 23 points per game this year, 11 rebounds, three assists, one Point three blocks is Embiid too high, too low, or just right on your list? He's just right. Could even be a lot higher than that, honestly, because he's the best big, best center, I think, in in the league. Because I don't think AD's the center, but he's the the best center in the league. I mean, he he does it all. Defensively, has that impact. Averages like 27 a game, rebounds. He's that guy. It's just every year you also have to talk about is he going to be out there or not, like injury-wise. So he gets a knock a little bit for that. But his impact is is, is felt on the, the Sixers for sure. I got him top 10, hands down. And B, I think 12 is not a, is not a knock. I think it'd be up a couple slots higher. Um, this is a discussion that we going to have. I completely agree, top center in the league. But how do you – on this list, you got the Joker under him too. Who are you picking to have as the face of your franchise, the Joker or a B? Me personally, I'm taking him B. I feel that B plays D. He does everything. He even – his assist went up this year. I'm choosing Embiid, me personally. It's just a concern of his health. But in the same breath, I would say it's a concern of the health of Joker, too. He hasn't got injured, but I don't think he's in shape. I'm taking Embiid. Yeah, I'm taking Embiid, too. I think he plays a little more aggressive, and that's what you kind of want out of your center. Like, Nicola, he's good, but – Sometimes he takes like that passive route on the team. He he defers to people more so than Embiid will. Embiid's begging for the ball at the end of the game. And uh Jokic is really not usually doing that. So that's that's my pick. Yeah, I think if the Joker got that same assertiveness, we'd be having a different conversation. Um it's good, it's great. He's a team player. He gets everybody involved. They run the offense through him. But on a team like that, no knock to any of the players on the Nuggets. You don't have a LeBron, a Kobe, a KD, a Curry to defer to. Mm -hmm. I'd get it if he was on the Warriors. You got Steph Curry. You got Klay Thompson. All right, cool. I'd get it if he was on the Nets, KD, Kyrie. Cool. I think – on the Nuggets, Jamal Murray still needs work, still needs to be um, developed to be that takeover player. Um, Gary Harris. Like, they got good young pieces, but I watch Nuggets games sometimes, and I see somebody like me guarding Joker, and he pass it out. I'm like, <laughs> what? And B, as a big man, as your center, that's, the, that's what you want. Aggressive. Nasty. Talking stuff. It's, bruh, he, and he'll say it to the teammates to keep them accountable. Yo, y'all got me shooting too many threes. Give me the ball on the block. I want to be on the block. I will demolish anybody on the block. Give me the ball on the block. That's what I would want from my center. And if his voice was a little deeper, he'd be a little more intimidating. So that's, that's another thing, too. 
Pass me the ball, Kobe Bryant. If you had that voice, it'd be different. Yeah, the Shaq voice. Exactly. Number 11, PG-13. 21 points a game, five rebounds, 3.9 assists, 1.3 steals. I think he's too high. I think he's too high. He's not. I put him in. He's kind of off year a little bit. I put him in the 16 to 20 bracket. That's that's how I would view it for uh, PG-13. I feel since Indiana, it's kind of been a a little bit of a decline. I feel when he was in Indiana, it was him and Braun. That was that one year you thought PG-13 was about to be top five in the league. I feel he's, his career has declined. It's been somewhat of a disappointment, uh, in my opinion. I think PG-13 now at best is at number two or number three option when I think his career was on the schedule to be top five, top ten in the league every year because he played both sides of offense, defense. He won't guard typically the best perimeter. He'll get you buckets. But – I don't know. I can't see him leading a, a a team again as the the number one man. I think you guys you guys are sleeping on him because last year he was like third in MVP on OKC, where that was Russ's team technically, but Paul George had probably his best year since the Pacers when he led them to the conference finals against Miami. So that was that was big. But you also got to remember that he was hurt, too. So I think he's still, like, coming back this year, he was still not fully there. Like, he was doing most of his offseason rehabbing to come back. And he also has to adjust to – he's it's not his team anymore. It's Kawhi's team. So he's kind of taking that back seat and trying to figure out how to make it work. But, I mean, the skills are still there. He's still got it. He could, he could lead a team, maybe not necessarily to a championship, but he could, he could lead a team in, into the playoffs. But I think, yeah, like you said, his, his best role right now is a number two option on the team where, like, a Kawhi can dish off to him. He still lights out shooter, one of the best shooters in the league, still has probably top five handles in the league too. So I'm not, I'm not ready to – drop him so low on this list. That's, I think he's still top 15 on this list. Kawhi, PG, who would you say is better? Kawhi. I can't disagree with you with that. Yeah. If you, currently, right, if you in free agency, if you in free agency, you got a choice. It's PG there and Pat Siakam. Who are you picking up as your free agency pickup? Pascal or PG-13? I mean, off of pedigree, Paul George. But, you know, you got the age, injury. You look at the injury facts on Paul George, and it's kind of – he's had a few. Pascal's on the rise right now. Like, that's his team. So, if I'm looking ahead to build – I'm I'm taking Pascal. So I think he's only scratching the surface. He's he could he could be what he wants to be at this point. Like <laughs> they he was just as much a part of that success of the Raptors last year as Kawhi was. Without Pascal, they don't even make it that far. So you can't discredit him for that. So I'm I'm taking Pascal. I'm taking Pascal Siakam, hands down. I'm not even Taking a meeting um, for PG-13. I'm not calling this agent, nothing. I'm taking Pascal Siakam hands down. Well, weren't the Lakers trying to get Paul George to come come over here too last year, this offseason? I thought I heard that somewhere. I mean, of course we were trying to get him to come over here. Uh, he was a free agent. You feel me? We knew Kawhi wasn't coming. Like, I, I completely agree. I'm not saying PG is a – a snub or anything like that. He still has talent. And I think he would have been able to still 
ball out, more so on the Lakers. LeBron is the type to defer. He likes to get his uh, teammates involved. It would have been PG and AD leading the Lakers in points. I think he would have fit better with them, but that's just my opinion. Uh, interesting question pops up on the live. What makes Kawhi better than PG? He's we a have closer. He closes games. Like he just showed his resume last the whole playoffs last year. Closed every game of every series out, basically. And he was banged up, I I guess. I don't know if we know that for a fact or not. They, they dragged that out. But, yeah, he closes. He's a closer. That's why I would take Kawhi over PG. Like, PG's good, but I don't know if he's doing what Kawhi is doing. And then getting back on, on the other side and – and locking up. Because you also got to remember that he's a two-time defensive player of the year, too. So. I'm choosing Kawhi simply off the fact I think PG is here, Kawhi is here. Like, it's just PG is good, he's a star, Kawhi's a superstar. Mm -hmm. I think he's more of an elite defender. If I need somebody to, to stop Kobe, MJ, KD, and I had a choice between that last possession. Am I going to put Kawhi or PG on him? I'm putting Kawhi every single time. Kawhi goes down as when he retired, when it comes to perimeter defenders, he definitely is top, top five by the time he retires. Kawhi is top five definitely um, when it comes to defense, perimeter defense. His offense has progressed tremendously from San Antonio. You saw it last year, what he did with Toronto. Um, only knock that you really have on Kawhi is he don't play. That's the only knock that you have is the poster child for bowl management. That's literally the only knock you got on Kawhi right there. That's because these guys want to win championships. So they think that if I, I play like 70 games – I'm going to be fresher in the playoffs. And, I mean, you can't knock it because Kawhi was at his peak in the playoffs last year. Like, he was the best player in the NBA last year in the playoffs. So. If, um, I'm not a fan of load management, though. Yeah, I'm not either. I don't, I don't like it. Because, in my opinion, if you're healthy, you play every game – possible every game possible and that's what makes the playoffs that's where people name and everything is made because yo we done played 82 games everybody in the playoffs is not is nicked up they got their little injuries they got this going on and you still are able to dig deep and then get a championship that's where I think the playoffs are so huge. Like, that's why they say regular season, somebody can average 35. When the playoffs come, it's a different game. You got teams, literally, their whole game plan now is to study film. They got one opponent they just got to focus on. They don't got to, oh, next week, and we got a back-to-back. -back. Nope, you focus on one team. You try to shut down that one player and whatever they do. I think that's where I can agree with people's knock on Kawhi, saying that Kawhi can't be better than LeBron or Greek Freak. It's, it's like when you play, we've been there, y'all playing pickup games, you on a five-game winning streak, some kids come in, fresh legs, they beat you. Yeah, we've been here for three hours. I would hope with you having fresh legs, you'd be so with Kawhi, and other players as such doing load management, you end up with, in the playoffs, Kawhi on 95%. I'm on 60%. Put me at, let's both be at 60%. Let's see who who has the better, uh, better series, whoever to win the uh, chip. We already know the Lakers winning the chip this year, so we ain't got to worry about Kawhi and load management and all that. Lakers winning. Everybody's gonna be healthy by now, so we'll see. It's a 
it's up in the air. Is, ooh, I just thought about this too, right? You know who's still a free agent, right? Boogie. You think any of these playoff teams pick up Boogie and he's able to make an impact? Boogie's healthy now. I guess. I mean, I don't, I don't see it. I think he's just better off waiting until next year. So I don't know if he's – is he a free agent or is he – Helping LeBron load the load the plane right now. I don't know because he was on the bench after they let him go. Still, so <laughs> but I think Boog. It's unfortunate what's been happening to him, but just just rest this year. Just you've had such bad luck the last couple seasons that <laughs> just just get ready for next year. Just just make sure you're healthy and fresh for next year when you can play and show people that you still got it. Uh, I think he's going to come back. I, if I'm the Lakers, I would sign him. I would sign him um, and ease him back in. It's going to be a long playoff run. If you could get a, a, a boost from Boogie that second or the third round, especially when you might have a matchup with the Clippers, the deeper you are, the better. The Clippers is deep. Clippers is deep. Reggie Jackson – Paul George, Patrick Beverly, you got Kawhi still. They, they, the Morris, they, they, they deep. So the more weapons you have that you could do, especially in the playoffs, all right, let's switch up the matchup. We're going to go, we're going to play small ball. Put Boogie at the five, LeBron at the four, AD, AD at the four, LeBron at the three. Do something like that. That'll be a nice mix. Him, and AD, they was balling out in New Orleans before AD got traded. So I think Boogie will be a, a help to some team. Somebody somewhere could use Boogie services. But this is the end of this episode, season two, episode one, the Benchmark Podcast. You can check us out on IG, Facebook, Twitter. Catch us on all streaming platforms. Anywhere you watch, listen to podcasts, we are there. We're on YouTube. Check us out. Make sure you subscribe, stream, share it. Benchmob, we out.